The views and opinions of all participants in this podcast are strictly their own. Listener's discretion is advised. Listening to The Human Factor. Hello, podcast land. This is Danny Beard. You're listening to The Human Factor. So today I'm going to do something a little bit different. Um, I'm actually going to talk about crazy things that boomer kids did in the past. And some Generation X kids. Um, I know I certainly did. Um, that really you don't hear a lot about today, or perhaps it's not uh, as accommodating for some people, um, that and that people are far more protective of children. And of course, we know a lot more than we did then. So I'm just going to get right into it. One of the things that you probably have done if you're a parent uh, especially in recent years, is back then childproofing was virtually unheard of. Uh, the kids of today have it pretty cushy. Uh, there are many things in place, such as certain kinds of latches or childproof medicine bottle caps uh, that prevent kids and especially infants from getting hurt. Kind of like those little uh, plastic socket protectors that you place over there so people don't stick metal objects in there toys in there so that's one thing um another one is uh girls toys and boys toys um huge difference in that stuff today um but back then they were basically very strictly defined by genders um everything blue and red that could shoot stuff fight or move fast was for the boys and everything pink and soft was for the girls. Uh, if a boy was caught playing with a doll, it wouldn't have gone over so well. Um, now, I don't know how far along that goes and how true it is. Um, <laughs> um, I, and I guess, it, you know, maybe if you're playing with like a little raggedy Ann doll and you're a, a kid, a boy or whatever, maybe... They thought that was kind of strange or something. I don't really know. But, of course, you know, technically there were some action figures and stuff that were classified as dolls, like the original G.I. Joe action figures and stuff like that. But anyhow, um, how about walking to school? Uh, kids would walk miles to school, sometimes really far just to get to the nearest bus stop. Uh, today, kids have... They have to worry about all kinds of bad dangers, um, especially with child predators. Uh, that's a big one. Uh, not to say that kids weren't kidnapped back then, but it's definitely far more common today. And so, uh, you know, I guess it's a little more important for parents to keep an eye on their kids and kind of restrict them from walking really far. I, I remember growing up in Burleson, you know, I had to walk really, really far uh, to junior high. Um, fortunately I literally lived on this street 
that connected me to my elementary. So uh, I could actually make it there in a few minutes. But <clears throat> anyhow, how about drinking from the water hose? Uh, I don't know how many people's done that. <laughs> uh, bottled water was not really a thing until a couple of decades later. You would just drink from the tap. And in the summer, kids, after running around in the yard for a while, had no shame in taking a sip from the garden hose. Uh, no one ever thought that the water from the garden hose was unregulated and potentially unsafe. This was a normal thing. The hose was a fixture of summertime fun with kids running in and out of sprinklers. Now, I remember doing that as a kid myself. Uh, technically, I'm part of Gen X, not a boomer, but um, yeah, never really thought about it. Me and my buddies would be playing basketball or football or whatever, running around on our bikes and, hey, there's so-and-so's house or there's my house. Hey, let's uh, let's get a drink from the water hose. You know, it's just a normal thing. Um, that and uh, we would uh, pluck honeysuckles right off the backyard uh, fence line and eat them. And, and uh, nowadays, you just don't hear too much about people doing that kind of stuff, so... Anyhow, how about latchkey kids? Not sure if anyone's familiar with that, but uh, it was very common uh, in the 60s, especially a time where mothers suddenly started entering the workplace. While this is normal now, many systems have been set up to accommodate kids with busy parents. Uh, then, not so much. Um, obviously, there's, you know, a lot of people work from home you know, stuff like that. So I don't know, maybe more so it's, it's kind of going back to that way, but you know, especially in the seventies and eighties when women really started uh, entering the workforce and, you know, getting busy and, or and the fact that, you know, multiple parents having to work just to provide, that's very common in America, especially. So, um, if a kid could stay outside all day without supervision, then they could definitely do it indoors. Uh, they would come home after school to an empty house and prepare themselves a TV dinner. <laughs> Something else is really not good for you, but hey. Uh, luckily, sometimes there was an older sibling to pick up the slack. I remember when I first started walking to school, I think I was in the fourth grade. Um, and by that time, my brother was already at my next oldest brother was already in middle school. So I don't really remember how that played out. I remember being uh, unsupervised for a few hours until one of my parents arrived. So I don't know. I guess it was a common thing back then. Here's a house key. Don't lose it. Um, even though I did a few times. Sorry, mom and dad. Um, how about spanking? <laughs> if you misbehave as a kid, it was simple. Out came the hand, or occasional, even worse, the belt. Uh, I've actually heard stories from people, uh, especially my mom's generation. Uh, they would get beat with switches, um, all kind, you know, <laughs> little switches off of trees, and uh, you know, I've heard about paddles, all kinds of stuff. So, um, yeah, you know, parents nowadays they. They don't like whooping their kids, I guess. I don't know. Uh, it's a good thing that most most of the time, kids were way out of their parents' sight for the most of the day. 
But when they were with their folks, uh, there was serious discipline. Uh, I guess that generation uh, took quite a few beatings. Uh, the kind of physical punishment that went on those days would cause some serious eyebrow raising today. In some cases, even a phone call to child services. Yeah, probably so. I wouldn't doubt that one bit. Kids out, that also leads to basically kids outside unsupervised. Um, uh, when there were no video games, phones, computers, or iPads, kids had to seek fun in the world outside. Once, as, uh, once a kid was let outside to play with their friends, parents would see them. They wouldn't see them until dinner. Um, that was definitely me. Uh, although I had my own basketball goal in my backyard, so I spent a lot of time out there, but there was times I would take off on a bike or on a skateboard, run around town with my friends, and I'd be all the way across town sometimes. So safety just didn't seem like a concern back then, um, not because they didn't care about their kids, but because people felt that neighborhoods were safe back then, which is true. I mean, I can even say even in the, the 80s, it, um, it just seemed a lot different then. Uh, I don't dare let my kids run around nowadays, but, you know, that's just me. I know how many uh, sickos there are in the world. So uh, kids were also mostly in groups or with older siblings. So it seemed totally normal. Um, again, true for a lot of uh kids growing up in the uh, 60s, 70s, and 80s. Um, community parenting. This is what I find very interesting. With all the hands-on parenting of today, no one would accept someone else telling them how to raise their kids. But in the 1960s, parents from the community or neighborhood would have no issue disciplining someone else's child if necessary. It was extremely common to see other kids' parents giving a little mischief, <laughs> little mischief maker a good yelling, sometimes even a spanking. Uh, if that happened today, people would be very quick to find themselves in a lawsuit or getting their ass kicked if, if it were me. I mean, I don't want anybody laying a hand on my kids, but that's just my opinion. How about going to a friend's house alone? Uh, today, playdates are endless burden in modern-day parenting. The scheduling and the planning involved in getting our kids socialized can be a little bit of a headache. But also, those decades ago, a kid would just simply tell their mom that they were going to stay with a friend. And that was that. The kid would make their own way to the friend and likely stay the night. Um, no cell phones, no internet. Parents didn't always know where their kids were. Kind of makes it seem like parents were uh, slightly careless, but I don't necessarily believe that was that. Um, maybe sometimes, I don't know. Um, how about not letting boys cry? I guess that was a big deal in the maybe in the 60s. I don't know. Uh, little kids fall and get hurt, and sometimes they have to cry, even little boys. Unfortunately, a few decades ago, little boys were always encouraged to be big, strong men who never cry. That's right. Don't be a wussy. <laughs> uh, uh, how about people hitchhiked everywhere? That's a good one. I mean, 
I don't know if I would uh, think that's acceptable today. I mean, I've seen movies like The Hitcher and, and things like that. Plus, I mean, you hear stories all the time about people being butchered from just trying to be helpful and get somebody a ride somewhere. Um, although I'm guilty, I have given somebody a ride before. Um, so, you know, uh, for long distance or cross country traveling, many young Americans simply stood on the side of the road with their thumbs out waiting for a ride. Uh, this was particularly common for all those free spirited hippies who were probably heading to California to live in peace. <laughs> Uh, other young kids would also hitchhike to run away from their parents. Wow, um, that's scary. Uh, however, there wasn't much fear for creeps and weirdos out there. We wonder what happened, uh, so it says. And that's true, because now it's like you're all kinds of uh, crazy shit. People, you know, talking about, oh, this ice cream man van was driving around and turns out he was kidnapping kids and you know molesting them and blah 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 and it's like wow you know just everywhere you turn it's like somebody is you know there's always a victim but there's always an assailant so it's like i i look at it as you know anybody can be targeted i guess so you gotta watch your kids really well nowadays blood brothers and sisters here's an interesting one before Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat, kids may have had fewer connections, but their bonds were definitely tighter. And in some cases, maybe a little too tight. Best friends would simply seal their friendship by in, uh, exchanging cute bracelets or secret handshakes. These kids would honor ancient oaths by becoming blood brothers or blood sisters. Huh. That's interesting. I never did that, but so be it. Um, sunbathing without sunscreen. Hmm. Before sunscreen, kids would use baby oil with iodine to prevent burns. Wow, that's not very efficient <laughs> or safe. Uh, but also, there weren't all those fears about holes in the ozone layer, so the sun seemed like everybody's friend which after many sunburns and peeling shoulders later we understood that it can be pretty dangerous hmm. i don't know i got burnt so many times when i was younger whether i used anything uh it didn't matter so i'd use spf higher spf it didn't matter sometimes i still get burned but i don't know i guess maybe fair skin who knows uh, how about not letting their daughters date? Hmm. That would have been a good one for a lot of parents. Um, overprotective dads are as old as time itself, and they certainly are still alive and well today. But like with everything, it was a little more extreme in the 60s. Grumpy fathers would <laughs> grumpy fathers would notoriously chase their daughter's dates off their front lawns, sometimes with an old hunting rifle in hand. <laughs> That's good stuff, man. Uh, of course, when it came to sons, they were always encouraged. Uh, it took quite a few years to ease up on our girls, and we're still working on it. 
Yeah, my daughter's only nine, so I can only imagine when she gets to that age, I'm probably going to be uh, panicking. So, uh, kids using the oven and stove. Hmm. I won't really, that's pretty much its own thing. I will have to say, I when I by the time I was like 11, 12, I was already, you know, boiling water, uh, making simple dinners. And a lot of that's just because I didn't have a lot of uh, parenting. <laughs> uh, pretty much uh, me and my brother had to do everything for ourselves. So um, I learned early on that washing my own laundry and all that stuff. It was just kind of a necessary thing. I don't know. Maybe I've been too easy on my kids. Hmm. Interesting. Everybody wanted to be a smoker. <laughs> uh, old Marlboro, man. Uh, those days and just about every piece of media, whether it was a film, TV, billboards, magazine ads, not to mention just on the street, you would see a cigarette in everyone's mouth. Even ads featuring babies <laughs> would be seen alongside a smoking mother and father at the dinner table. Uh, when it came to the older kids, uh, the depiction of teens smoking cigarettes was seen as a sign of growing up. Yeah, thank you, James Dean. Um just ask anyone from the generation. It's highly likely that they were sent to the corner store to buy smokes for their folks. Yeah. Um, it wasn't really hard to get your hands on them, to be honest. They were very uh, laxed way back in the day. And um, you can see billboards everywhere, uh, commercial ads. Of course, they did away with that, I think, in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, no longer let people smoke inside of hospitals, which I thought was really crazy, um, or on airplanes, so on and so forth. Yeah, nobody needs to be breathing that. So, swirlies. What is a swirly, you ask? <laughs> Another thing that has evolved in the bullying culture, not that kids have got kinder, because let's face it, little kids can be assholes, um, we all know that kids can be pretty cruel, um, but their methods have certainly changed over the years. It wasn't uncommon for kids to take the school's biggest nerd and dunk him in the toilet. Thankfully, that is safely in the past and in some outdated teen films. I don't know. I once saw a kid get thrown in a 55-gallon uh, trash can. I've seen a lot of uh, cruel stuff growing up as a kid. Kids can just be mean, plain and simple. Of course, now you got cyberbullying and all kinds of stuff. So there's always more to contend with. Um, how about playing in the streets? Um, if you lived in an area where there were no parks nearby or your backyard wasn't big enough for games like hide and seek, hockey, stickball, and Marco Polo, then the streets were the only choice. Um, kids would also play with marbles, aiming them at small street manhole covers. Um, many little girls would also make hot scot uh, hopscotch boards on the streets with chalk. Miraculously, all kids were safe from uncom 
oncoming cars. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I played in the street all the time. Uh, maybe at some point I was kind of disrespectful, you know, running out in front of cars and being kind of ignorant, but yeah, back then it wasn't so bad. I'm sure in the sixties, it was, uh, a lot more easygoing. Um, sugar loaded bubble gum. Hmm. Interesting. Blowing bubble gum bubbles was all the rage then. Oftentimes, there were even bubblegum blowing competitions. Ah, that's weird. This was seen as pretty sneaky as bubblegum was not even allowed in class in those days. So it was always up to one of the brave kids to smuggle it in. Ah, get that contraband through the door. <laughs> Uh, of course, with all that sugar swirling around in their mouths, cavities were endless and teachers and parents started clamping down even harder on the sugary treats after all those painful visits to the dentist. Yeah, thank God for sugar-free gum, I guess. Uh, how about sugary cereals? Um, I don't really see this one has changed at all. You look at the the ingredients and the uh, contents of sugar and well everything else that's in it now to me i i can't imagine it being any worse but let's give it a let's give it a shout here uh cereals like captain crunch or tricks were considered a decent breakfast back then <laughs> unsweetened cornflakes generally had about a tablespoon of sugar or if you're like some people i know three or four or five tablespoons um, these sugary treats made of corn, wheat, or oat were endlessly being fed into the mouths of young kids. As you can probably imagine, the results were not great. It was belly and toothache galore. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, the sugar was causing these kids a lot of harm. While there is certainly an abundance of surgery... While there is certainly a while there is certainly an abundance of sugary cereals today, there are at least healthier options too. Yeah. Try cooking some still oats and not dumping sugar in it. Good lord. Of course, then you got Pop Tarts and all this other garbage. Um, it's it, it's really hard for kids. <laughs> Especially those who don't want to eat anything but junk. Um, hazardous toys. I know I had some of those. Uh, toys have evolved over the years. At one point, all that was available to kids were scattered stones outside. Luckily, in the 60s, there wasn't a toy shortage. It was just the types of toys, toys that caused a lot of damage. <laughs> Sounds fun. Uh, Toys like the tire swing would cause untold stories of whiplash. Jarts were giant darts for the yard. And of course, BB guns and cap guns caused some horrifying injuries. Luckily, many safety measures have since been introduced and playing with toy guns is pretty discouraged. I don't know. I think BB guns are still fun. I'm 43 years old and I still like BB guns. Uh, although I 
I haven't bought any for my kids. So, uh, <laughs> uh, candy store hangouts. Hmm. Now this must be back in the sixties and seventies. I, I never saw anything like that in the eighties, but uh, maybe the local, uh, ice cream shop or something, but yeah, no, uh, -uh. At one time, candy stores for kids were like bars for adults. <laughs> kids would hop on and line up at the counters with lollipops in hand. This was also when candies were so cheap back then that kids could guzzle up sugar-loaded sodas and egg cream for a nickel. Wow. Mm. Yeah, some things have certainly changed. Kids were often seen sneaking in brown paper bags full of gummy bears, bubblegum, candy canes, and much, much more. Of course, sometimes they would get caught by mom. At least they got to run around back then. Well, I see. Waiting for the telephone. <laughs> the standard was one telephone per house. Uh, maybe some richer folks had two lines. But for the average family, phone fights were common. <laughs> I didn't really see that a whole lot in my household growing up, so I don't know. But then again, I wasn't a little teenage girl or whatever tying up the phone line. Um, and most of my friends generally lived pretty close to me, so wasn't so much of a hassle to walk up the road just to, you know, see a friend, so... Anyhow, uh, people had to exercise the utmost patience for that telephone. It was the, the brothers and sisters that would battle these things out the most. Mm. Let's not forget about the, uh, there was also little privacy as these phones were generally in a general family area, different than having a cell phone these days. So uh, how about Saturday cartoons? Um, the world was not as geared for kids' entertainment as much as it is now. These days, you really can't go about your life missing the hype surrounding Dora the Explorer or Frozen. <laughs> uh, back then, it was one day a week, and that was Saturday. Um, Kids would rise early to rush to the TV to catch a dose of Saturday morning cartoons. Now, see, I guess when I was growing up in the early 80s, I got to catch uh, G.I. Joe in the morning. Um, I don't remember what else was on. I know after school you could come home and you could watch uh, Transformers, Voltron. They had some pretty cool stuff. Um, but I guess they're talking about the 60s, so... How about talking to strangers? <laughs> Stranger danger. Uh, the world was far more innocent back then, and people were definitely less hung up on the idea of stranger danger than they are now. Communities were closer, and there was definitely more of a sense of familiarity among neighborhoods. These days, the thought of a stranger approaching a child will send chills up your parent's spine. That is absolutely true. I mean, I see somebody getting near my daughter. I mean, I just have that mechanism of balling up my fist. <laughs> I mean, that and I just don't like people in general for the most part. But, you know, I see somebody getting near my daughter. You know, obviously, I'm going to keep a very close eye on her, you know, and as all parents should. 
lots of sickos in the world. Um, how about unmerciful playgrounds? <laughs> playgrounds are a little cushier these days with soft grounds for falls and rounded edges to prevent the odd accident here and there. Those days, kids were no strangers to rusty nails and wobbly merry-go-rounds. Uh, it definitely made them a little tougher, perhaps able to withstand military conditions. Um, I don't know about all that, but yeah, I mean, I saw a picture of a, a while back of, on online of a, a slide that was made out of metal, had no sides, and basically when you went down the slide it's a metal slide so it's not a plastic slide you don't slide as well and then honestly then you land right in a, a hard surface not like a nice cushy sand pit or something like that so i can kind of see how things probably would have been a little bit tougher back then um I, I but you know it's good they they started making things a little bit safer although you know kids still do get hurt so um messing around with the tv antenna <laughs> before massive satellite dishes and digital streaming it was all about those pesky bunny eared antennas the picture was often distorted with snowy speckles hissing back at you as you grappled with finding a decent and clear picture for your favorite sitcom yeah and i remember going all the way back to having those tv antennas and then uh i remember we had a giant antenna that was like on top of our roof and i remember my dad always climbing up there and jacking with it so yeah i do remember that it's very interesting uh how about photo booths i don't think i've even seen a photo booth in 20 years um <laughs> capturing moments with your friends while you were out and about was a rare occasion of course there were cameras and even polaroids but the fun group photo was best taken stacked up in a tiny photo booth. Hmm. Everyone would pile in and it would simply snap a bunch of shots with you and your crazy friends. Good times, huh? Uh, taping tunes off the radio. Wow. That's a throwback to the late 80s. Um, vintage music piracy, perhaps. <laughs> uh I don't think they were concerned so much about it back then, but yeah, maybe. Um, when you didn't have enough cash for the latest or hottest album at the record store, taping songs from the radio was the best way to go. Preparation was crucial, though. You would have to set up your little portable cassette tape next to the radio, and with your finger on the record button, you would just have to wait. <laughs> Well, mine actually played radio and recorded at the same time. So um, I do remember back way back when they had Y95 um, here in North Texas. I don't know how many people remember Y95, but they played a lot of hard rock. And that was kind of my jam. And I do. I remember recording some of the early Guns N' Roses and Metallica and some pretty cool stuff. Um, fun times. How about TV test patterns? Unlike today, there was no nonstop broadcast on every single channel. At around 2 or 3 a.m., the stations would bid goodnight to their viewers and vice versa. And everyone would be off to bed. 
The test patterns would be an American flag or even a Native American symbol that would play on until the morning. Or, as I've witnessed, uh, some stations just went straight to static, which now scientists are telling us that's how we uh, see the microwave, the cosmic microwave background. <laughs> Give me a break. Uh Profusely shaking Polaroid photos to help them develop faster. Unfortunately for those folks back then, it was revealed in 2004 on the Polaroid website that this kind of shaking or waving has no effect. Ah, that's a good one. Ah, that's a real good one. Um, I, I think I'm guilty of doing that myself. I don't know how many uh, people have done that, but yeah. Fun times. I, I actually think I still have some Polaroids somewhere. Um, typing everything on a typewriter. <laughs> uh, people don't have their computer keyboards. Boys, they'd be worn out. Uh, just imagine the horrible experience of meticulously typing out a long and involved letter to your loved one, a novel, or a news report. And then having to deal with the stress of a typo. <laughs> well, eventually they, uh, they invented whiteout. So I, I think maybe that kind of helped. I don't know. <laughs> uh, that's a good point. There's no backspace. What's going on here? Um, that was it. Out went the page. A fresh blank paper would be replaced. And you would have to start all over again. Um, that was the terror of the typewriter. Uh, thank heavens for the delete key uh, and spell check. So, yeah, I can imagine that was a little bit of a hassle. I actually remember I had an old, old typewriter back when I was uh, in my early teen years. I don't remember where I got it from, but uh, I remember using it because I wrote some short stories and it was quite fun. I was very careful not to make typos. Of course, I sucked at typing and I had to peck at it. So kind of hard to make typos when you're pecking. Um, how about getting cut up by soda tabs? Now, for the 80s generation, probably didn't have to worry about that a whole lot. But before, they had crazy-looking cans. Um, I've seen some. They're they're really crazy-looking um, and definitely one of those things. You had to be really careful when you wanted to drink a soda. <laughs> it's kind of messed up. Uh, back then, pulling a ring from a can was not for the faint of heart. These things would tear open a small wedge shape at the top of the can. Not only that, but as it was often thrown onto the ground, it would eventually be stepped on and cause quite the injury. It was an epidemic across the country. Wow. Uh, in one 1976 New York Times report, it was reported that the majority of beach injuries were due to cuts inflicted by discarded pop tabs. Wow. That's pretty crazy if you think about it. But yeah, I've seen them and they're pretty crazy looking cans. In fact, I think I have an old Diet Pepsi one somewhere that belonged to my mom that's in an open can. Um, pretty interesting. Uh, how about hanging out at drive-ins? I haven't been to a drive-in. I, I don't even know when the last time I was at a drive-in. I know that they kind of made a little bit of a comeback, and there are, because I've heard some people I know talk about them. Um, but I I, per, I personally haven't been to one. 
but I always thought drive-in theaters are kind of cool. Um, maybe not so much now. Got to worry about every little thing. But uh, technically, the first drive-in theater was opened in 1933, but it didn't actually take off into the 50s, probably because of the little war in between. Uh, yeah, World War II, definitely. Um when it did, the theaters were packed to the brim with folks, especially teenagers. Drive-ins were also a great place for young love to blossom. <laughs> yeah, bad things happen. Um, yeah, I haven't been to a drive-through or a drive-in in a long time. I think that's kind of uh, I, I think it's been at least twenty-five years since I've been to one. So interesting. Uh, candy smokes. <laughs> These days, smoking cigarettes is majorly frowned upon due to of all the knowledge that we have and its negative effects on our health. But back then, boomers were young. It wasn't uncommon to share a box of candy cigarettes with your six-year-old friends. <laughs> That's a good way to promote, yeah, get them started on them candy cigarettes by the time they're, you know, 12, 13 years old, they'd be smoking real ones, huh? Uh, as far as candy is concerned, they were disgusting with a chalk-like flavor and texture, but it wasn't really about the flavor, was it? It was all about the aesthetics and the feel. Hmm. I guess. Like I said, prepping them at an early age. Uh, how about anybody remember using a phone book? Man. I'm surprised they still have phone books around, but that's pretty crazy. Phone book. Hmm. I I remember the big old uh, thick white pages and the big old thick yellow pages. And you had one of each. I think it was like, uh, I don't remember what company, Bell, Bell South, South Southern, Southwestern Bell. I don't know. But <laughs> uh, long before the invention of Google and other forms of internet searches, Looking up a phone number was a little bit trickier and took some more time, especially if you weren't near a phone book. Most families and businesses kept one on the thick volumes of local numbers on hand for when they needed to call somebody, uh, especially someone whose number they weren't familiar with. I remember back then, it's like you had to write people's numbers down or you had to memorize them. Um of course, back then, you didn't have to punch in an area code either, so it made it a little bit easier. It's like, I remember my phone number from when I was a little kid. I mean, 447-8218. Uh, and it's like, you didn't have to dial 817-447-8218. So made it a little bit easier. I don't know. Uh, most families, let's see. If you had to find someone named like Bob Smith, it could take you all day to get through them all to find the right one. Hmm, that's true. I'm sure there were quite a few Bob Smiths everywhere you go. Uh, what about five and dime stores? Um, <laughs> the five and dime stores came into existence in 1879. Wow. Uh, created by a failed department store chain, Woolworths. Uh, but back in the day, they were extremely popular that is, until Walmart and Amazon and other mega stores ran them out of business. Yeah, that's what corporations do, buddy. Um, still, many look back and miss the days of shopping at the cheap and cheerful neighborhood five and nine. 
I remember in uh, Burleson growing up, there was a Mott's five and 10. Um, and yeah, that was a pretty cool little store. There may still be a few sprinkled here and there, and you may find one if you're lucky, but the majority have been closed. And I think there are still a few five and dimes around. I just don't, I'm not really sure where, but hey, props to them for still being in business. Um, how about, I think we kind of touched on this a little bit ago, but tobacco billboards. Before we knew how horrible smoking was for us, it was seen as the cool thing to do. If you didn't do it, you were the weirdo. <laughs> Uh, now it's the opposite, and smokers are sort of shunned in modern society. But when boomers were younger, tobacco was everywhere. It was on TV and movies, magazines, newspapers, billboards along the side of the road. Uh, man, I remember those uh, cigarette commercials back when I was a little kid. I was like, what? <laughs> Today, if someone saw a tobacco billboard on the side of the road, there would be outrage. Uh, outdoor advertising of cigarettes was banned in 19, uh, 1997 through the Tobacco Master Settlement Agreement. Uh, probably good. They don't need to promote themselves. Believe me, there's enough smokers in the world. They know how to find them. I know there's different kinds, but the ending result is they all kill you. So <laughs> uh, no advertising needed there. Uh, writing in cursive. Wow. I mean, I still sign my signature in cursive, but I don't ever really write in cursive. I probably couldn't even know. I probably wouldn't even remember how to like write a Z. I remember that was always kind of a hard one for me for some reason. Hmm. Uh, kids today probably can't even imagine taking notes by hand, <laughs> especially if they're in cursive. In many cases, writing in cursive isn't even taught in school anymore. And why would it be? Everything's gone digital. So, uh, but when when the boomers were in school, they didn't have laptops or phones uh, to help them record notes. So, uh, rather, they had a good old pencil and notebook and a tired wrist at the end of the day. So, yeah, lots changed there. Um, uh, smoking ordinance. I guess going back to the smoking thing here, uh, these days you can't even step foot onto a plane with the wrong type of nail file and forget about smoking. But things were much more relaxed in the past and the industry was working out its kinks. Smoking on airplanes first started being banned in the 80s and by the 90s it was banned from any and all domestic flights. However, if you notice, planes still have ashtrays in the bathrooms, and it's required by law, even where smoking is banned. That is weird. I, I don't know. Uh, that to me doesn't make any sense, but okay. Using encyclopedias. Ooh, how many people had uh, in their household growing up uh, a collection of the like Encyclopedia Britannica you know, all the volumes and then like the giant dictionaries, there would be two of them. There'd be like, I don't know, A through something and then something through Z. Um, dude, I remember that. And I remember having to use them to do a book report as well on Harriet Beecher Stowe. So um, I probably looked through them quite a bit when I was younger. 
but yeah, it's very interesting. We don't, we don't, we don't, you know, we didn't have the internet back then. Um, and even when it finally did come around, you would spend hours just trying to get the thing to load. I mean, dial up. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if people remember that, but it was terrible. Um, anyhow, encyclopedias. Can you believe there was a time when we had to pull out a thick physical book every time we wanted to know more about something? Today, information is just a few clicks away and can be accessed from almost anywhere in the world. But before the days of Google, there were volumes of encyclopedias. These days, carrying around information is a lot lighter, that's for sure. <laughs> and that's pretty much all I have. Um, that was just a list that was compiled by, well, I don't know who compiled it, but whoever they are, thank you for that. Um, brought up some interesting stuff, and it kind of brings up the whole reminiscing of being a, a young person again. So good times um i'm sure the boomers enjoyed it i know uh being a gen x guy born in 78 i i enjoyed growing up in the 80s and uh had a lot of fun as a kid um and you know it's it's a little more a little bit more difficult nowadays with your own children but you know as parents we still try so that's all i've got for this one um thank you for listening and that'll do it for this episode so be sure to subscribe and support this podcast and follow me on facebook twitter and instagram for updates and info i'm danny beard and you've been listening to the human factor